Hello everyone, welcome back to my channel and the world of fairies. We now go into the B. Ba Duc Chua. This is um, Vietnam belief and there are three nature spirits known collectively as the three mothers. And their names are Duc Ba, Ba Duc Chua and Duc Than Ba. These nature spirits were worshipped in small rooms in pagodas dedicated to the Buddha. Baduk Chua was the spirit of the air and was created by the Jade Emperor. Baba. The fairy name Baba dates back to the early folk belief of Ungre. However, the fae gradually evolved over time into evil spirit resembling a hag or a witch. Baba Yaga. She's also known by many other names, like Bone Legs, Grandmother Bony Shanks, Grandmother in the Forest, Iron-Nosed Witch, Iron-Nosed Woman, Yaga Baba, Jizzy Baba, Jizzy Baba. Originally from Hungarian law, Baba Yaga, Old Woman Yaga, or Old Woman Jawiga, was a kind and benevolent fairy. Over time, her stories changed and she became a cannibalistic old crone or witch, small and ugly. In some stories, Baba Yaga was a race of evil fae and not an individual. The name and the character of Baba Yaga appeared in a number of Eastern European and Slavic myths. As an evil individual, Baba Yaga is described as being old, short, skinny and ugly, with particularly distorted and large nose and long, crooked teeth. Her behaviour has earned her the reputation of being the devil's own grandmother. In instances where Baba Yaga was a fairy race, rather than a singular individual, such as in the fairy tale of The Feather of Finest the Falcon, the hero was met by not one but three Baba Yagas. In these instances, the Baba Yagas were commonly benevolent, gifting the hero with both advice and magical presence he would later need to succeed in his quest. Baba Yaga, as a character, was hardly set in a way. She was used seemingly to fulfil a storyteller's needs. There were numerous stories of her kidnapping children and threatening to eat them. In fact, many versions of cruel and evil witches living in houses of cake and candy were named Baba Yaga. In some stories, heroes would make the brave and dangerous decision to seek out Baba Yaga for advice or assistance in completing a quest. In these stories, there was always an emphasis placed on the hero's level of politeness, his need for proper preparation and purity of his spirit. Sometimes... She played the role of an antagonist, while other times she was a necessary source of guidance. No matter what role she was fulfilling, she drove a hard bargain and was the one who set the conditions and terms of the agreement. It mattered not to her if the hero accepted or refused the deal. All of her verbal contracts allowed her the right to eat anyone who was later unable to 
are unwilling to fulfil their end of the deal. By use of gigantic motor, Baba Yaga could fly amazingly fast through the forest, steering by use of the accompanying pestle in her right hand, while with the left she used to drive a magical broom made out of silver birch to sweep away any sign of her having passed through the area. As she travelled, it was believed a host of spirits would trail right behind her. Baba Yaga's Hut Baba Yaga lived in a hut surrounded by a picket fence, the tops of which were decorated with the skulls of her victims. The hut itself, windowless and with a false door, had proportionally large chicken legs, which it rested upon. When wanting to enter into her home, Baba Yaga must enchant a magical spell which would compel the hut to lower itself to ground level. Anyone who tried to pick the lock in her home would be surprised to discover the keyhole was nothing more than a mouthful of sharp teeth. The hut was filled with scores of invisible servants who protected and served Baba Yaga. It has been theorised the concept of Baba Yaga's hut was not so far-fetched. The nomadic tribal hunter of Serbia would build log cabins upon the tall stumps of two or three trees. The way the tree stump roots grow and spread look just like chicken feet. These huts would have a trap door built into the floor that could only be reached by ladder, as a bear was not only strong enough to break into a stud door, but also stubborn enough to keep it open until it actually broke it open. Bears, no matter their size or strength, cannot climb a ladder. Small shrines containing clay figurines have also been found in the same sort of construction. Russian archaeologists discovered in 1948 some small huts fitting the description of Baba Yaga's hut. A circular fences surrounded the hut and inside they found traces of corpse cremation as well. There are many versions of Baba Yaga's hut. In some tales, it was connected with three mysterious riders. The first dressed in black and rode upon a black horse decked out in black boarding and tack. It was a personification of night. Likewise, there was a second rider dressed in red upon a horse whose personification was of the sun. And the third rider dressed all in white upon a white horse was the personification of the day. If a visitor asked about the riders, she would explain what they are, but if she was ever asked about her invisible house servants, she will try to kill the person. Babo, a famous ogre and a nursery bogey, from French law. Babo was used by nurses in hospital to frighten their charges into behaving. The nursing staff would tell the children the ogre sprinkled naughty children on his evening salad. Baban On the Isle of Man, England, Baban, Harvest Baby, was a fertility spirit. It lived in the last sheaf of corn at the time of harvest. This sheaf, cut by a young maiden, was to be made into an effigy of the corn spirit, decorated, paraded, and then held in honour at the feast. The effigy of Baban Nai Mihilia was kept until sowing season when the spirit was then released back into the field. 
Other traditions involved corn dolls required some form of sacrifices, be it the stimulation or an actual spilling of blood. Bake, a nymph from the mythical mount, Nisa. Bake was a nurse to the infant god, Bacchus or Densus, in classical Greek mythology. Collectively, these nymphs were known as the Bacchants, and their names were Bake, Bromi, Rato, Kisius, Kelia, Coronus, Macris, and Nisa. The Bacna Rachna, also known as Yum Bulls and Good People. In folklore from the Republic of Senegal in Western Africa, in the Pat Mountain regions comes the dark eyed, fair skinned, silver hair fairies known as the Bacna Rachna, the Good People. Standing two to three foot tall, these good nature fae were known to dance and feast on moonlit nights, inviting humans to freely join them. According to the Jalof people of Gori Island, if the Bakhnarachna were low on the supplies they needed to make their feast, they would steal exactly what they needed. Bakahastun, and it adds a variable which is Nikur, meaning brook horse. Um, a beautiful white fairy horse from Scandinavian folklore. It's very similar to the Kelpie from Scottish law and the Nacken Nixon of Polish law. It rose up from the river and lurked along the banks, looking too magnificent not to be ridden. Anyone who climbed upon its back would find they would not be able to climb off again, as it charged headlong into the water, drowning its rider. In the Middle Ages, there was a belief in saying, Bakahastan, go back to your watery place and set me free in the name of the Lady and the Holy Trinity. Three times, the rider would be allowed to dismount from the fairy animal before being murdered. There are stories of it being harnessed and made to plough, but sometimes this is because it was all part of the Bakahastan's plan while other times it was domestication and it came about because it was tricked by the hero of the story. Bad. In Persian demonology, Bad was a jinn and the demon of tempests. It could control the wind. Bad is most powerful on the 22nd day of every month. Bademagu, and also its variation is Melwas. A kindly fairy king of the fairy underworld kingdom, Gore Badimagu, was the father of the fairy king, Malajant, who once kidnapped Queen Guinevere, according to Arthurian law. Ultimately, he forced his son to return the stolen queen. Badimagu was recrowned king annual on the feast day of Mary Magdalene. Baetata from the folklore of the Tupi, Guarani-speaking people who lived in the Brazilian Amazon basin, comes the Ba Iatata, marsh fire, an injurious water spirit with the ability to make it rain. It was similar to the Willow of the Wisps, in that this fairy would lure humans off into the woods until they were hopelessly lost. Bafur, Bafur, one of the great dwarf lords is one of the um, ones named in the Waluspa as well.
Paglette El Quibor. Variations of this name is actually Mule of the Graves. And it's a it's it's um a singular but a very specific gin from Arabic law. It was created when Marrakesh widow by the name of Baglet El Quibor broke Islamic law and remarried before the proper mourning period had passed. Having broken this law, it would have been impossible to determine paternity should the questioner arise. Consequently, when the woman died, eternal peace and rest was denied, with the exception of Wednesday nights. So, she returned to earth between midnight and dawn in the form of a saddle mule, roams the marketplace looking for cavorting men. Whenever she found one, she would allow them to mount upon her back and take them on a wild ride into the desert, where then she would bury them alive. Bahaman Bahaman is a jinn from Persian demonology. Bahaman was a demonic fae of appeasing anger. He had power over oxen, sheep and all animals of peaceful nature. Balindu Similar to the river names of Greek mythology, the Balindu of Nigeria was the spirit of the Ogun River. It was associated with fertility and healing. Bakimono Bakimono means changing things. It was a general term for the injurious little spirits from Japanese folklore. They were described as looking similar to a goblin, but would also be evil spirits or witches. Buddhists believe some Bakimono can cause illnesses and plagues. The Bakai, or the Bachans, um, also known as Thyades and the Maenads. They're in Greek mythology. It's a female nymph and they are companions to the god of wine. Bakru, a race of evil fairies or dwarves living in the Paramaribo and coastal region of Suriname. The Bakru were described as being half flesh and half wood, black skin and hair, and having very large black eyes set in their very large heads on their childlike bodies. Some sources claim they were the constructs of evil magicians, always appearing in twos, one male, one female. The Bakru were similar to the Apuku of West African law. If one wishes to have a Bakru as a servant, the person must agree to a pact with the being, signing away their soul for whatever riches the Bakru will bring them. Much like the Atvaras of European law, other sources claim that they can be created and purchased from evil magicians and kept as servants. If someone were to strike their master, the Bakru dashes in the way, taking the shot with the wood inside of their body. Later they will kill the assailant. When the owner of the Bakru dies, the fairy is free and will wander the roads looking for children to tease. If a child should ever accept a drink from a Bakru, it will die. Bakks Ia. Bax Ia, also known as Bax Kuba, mill old woman, Bax Koguza, Bax Oza, Hax Oza, mill master. The Mari people of Russia have in their folk belief of being known as Bax Ia, similar to the Kumulis. Bax protected the mill and its workings as long as a bowl of porridge with butter was left for him. 
Should the offering be forgotten, the fear would become angry and take its revenge by causing mechanical problems and spilling the grain. He lived in the crawl space underneath the floorboards or behind the water wheel. Baku. Baku originates in Chinese folklore, means dream eater. They made the way into traditional Japanese fairy lore as early as period 14th-15th century. These generally benign fairies literally devour a person's dreams and nightmares. Normally they do this of their own free will, grazing through the night. However, there are some stories of a Baku being called to a person for assistance in fighting off a nightmare. It's believed when a Baku eats a person's dream, it gives them good luck in return. Physical descriptions of the Baku are Chimera, like at best, and very wildly. They are said to have the head of an elephant and the body of a lion, while other sources claim they have the head of a lion but the body of a horse, with a cow tail and legs and feet of a tiger. In some regions, they are described as being more pig-like, and its colour, well, it's anywhere between black and pink. Balanos. In ancient Greek mythology, Balanos was a hamadryad of the acorn-bearing oak tree or walnut, the sources are conflicting, though. She was born from the incestuous relationship between the nature spirit, Oxlus, and his actual sister, Hamadryas. Baldurish. In traditional German fairy law, Baldurish, prince ruler, was a giant living on the Isle of Rugen in the Baltic Sea. According to the story, Baldurish did not like wading through the ocean each time he wanted to visit Pomerania, on the mainland. Donning an apron and filling it with earth, he intended to connect Rugen to them by making a huge dam. As he walked, a hole tore in his apron, and as the clay and dirt fell from it in clumps, it formed what was later named the Nine Hills. Baldurich repaired the hole and travelled on, but another seam became loose and thirteen more hills were created. By the time the giant reached the shoreline and began to use the earth he had left, it was only enough to form the hook of Pranitz and the Penisuela of Drig. Enrage his plan did not work, Baldurich fit and died where he fell, his dam incompleted or uncompleted it should say. Balkin, Lord of the Northern Mountains. In northern Scotland comes the fairy law of Balkin. A satire-like fairy said to feed upon the air. He had a wife and other 12,000 children, all of which makes up fairy population of the Catanese Sutherland and the adjacent islands. He and his massive brood speak ancient Irish and lived in caves. Balkin and a servant named Luridan. He was sent on errands to Finland, Lapland and the northern parts of Russia. Balkin and his fairies of air were at constant war with the fairies of fire, who lived on Mount Hecla, Iceland. And that's the next part, guys, of the world of fairies and its many, many mythical beings. Because let's be honest, it has a lot, right? Please hit that like, share if you can. And also, do consider subscribing. Many blessings.
Hello everyone, welcome back to the wonderful world of fairies. We're going to continue with our bees. We're now on the Ballybog, but it has variations of names. So it's also called a Bugaboo, a Boggan, a Boggy, a Boogle, a Mudbog and Peat Fairies. Living in peat bogs and mud holes throughout England, Ireland and Wales, the ill-tempered ballybogs were described as mud-covered, round-bodied fae. They had no necks, but long and spindly arms and legs. Believed by some to be the guardians of the peat bogs, the ballybogs communicated by use of grunts and slobbering sounds. Agile and quick-tempered, the ballybogs were said to fixate on people who were guilty of crimes or lazy and would lead them astray while crossing the bogs. Balor, also known as Bala, Balio, Balamak, Doit, Balor of the Evil Eye, Balrog, Balroth, Balua, Bola and Ri Balor. The king of the Formorian, Balor was described as having only one huge leg and a supernatural eye. When he was young, Balor learned over a cauldron his father's druids were concocting a potion in. The fumes rose up and settled in his eye, inadvertently giving him the power to kill hundreds at a glance. He, his wife, Kathleen, lived on Tory Island, in a castle on Thormore located nine miles northwest of Ireland. According to legend, a prophecy declared his grandson would one day kill him, so Balor locked his daughter, Etheline, up in a castle tower. In spite of this precaution, the hero Cain, dressed as an old crone, made his way into the tower and fathered a child they named Lou. When Balor discovered this, he threw the infant in the sea, but it survived and grew to slay his grandfather by use of a sling. Balte In Greek mythology, Balde was the nymph of Crete, Greece. Bamapama, as variation of Crazy Man, so the Bamapama is also known as Crazy Man. In the folklore of the merging people from Hanhem, Austria, Bamapama, a trickster, was well known for his ability for causing bitterness, conflicts, hostility, and otherwise stirring up trouble between humans by violating tribal taboos, such as incest. In one popular story, he raped and killed his own sister. When his crime was discovered, he was stoned and became mad, spewing dogs and vegetables. It's interesting, tale. Ban Noama, also known as Banna Noama. The elusive Ban Naoma, woman of the well, or was a, a reculee fairy spirit associated with a sacred well known as Toba Kilningrena, Well of the Font of the Sun, located in Cork County, Ireland. Typically, this fairy chose to remain invisible. When she manifested, she did so in the form of a trout. The Ban Ni Shane, um, washerwoman, it's like the Bianni um, and the Bianihi. It's kind of the same, the Nihig, many names for it, but it's Celtic, Scottish folklore, meaning little washer. A female fairy spirit 
that forewarned of doomed, described as looking like an old woman with one nostril, protruding teeth, and webbed feet. She was seen at Ford's, washing the blood-soaked clove of those slain in battle. Death or some sort of a disaster was imminent for anyone who saw her, unless they could catch her before she fled. If caught, she would give up the name of the fated person and grant her captor three wishes. Baneya, also called Banika. In northern Russian folklore, the Baneya was the wife of the evil spirit of the bathhouse Banik. Then we move on to Banik, also known as Bayanik and Bayanushko. In northern Russian folklore, Banik was the evil spirit of the bathhouse. He was said to have the ability to predict the future. He looked like a wizened old man with white hair and a beard, but would sometimes shapeshift and look like a family member. His wife, of course, was Banaya. The bathhouse traditionally was set some distance away from the main house, essentially a sauna with an outer changing room and an inner steaming room. This outbuilding was seen as an unclean place where evil spirits gathered. However, there were also places where women gave birth, and the art of divination was practised. Banik was seldom alone in the bathhouse, and he would invite other fairies to join him to partake in the sauna. To ensure he and his company were not disturbed at all, religious jewellery and belts were removed before entering. Christian imagery was not hung inside. Boisterous activity, loud talking and singing was also forbidden. To guarantee, Banik was appeased. The third or fourth turn of steam was his alone to enjoy. During this time, other fairies, demons and spirits may be invited to join him. And as a final precaution, slam offerings of fir branches, soap and water would be left for Banik as a thank you. In some regions, it was believed Banik welcomed guests into the bathhouse and only after there was a birth in family did he truly settle down and move into the bathhouse permanently. If a bather wanted a divination, he could expose his naked back to the outside of the bathhouse. If he was reading, you know, like um, a divination, if he was reading the future, basically he could gently touch their spine. And if it was negative, he would scratch them. And if it was positive it was a gentle touch banshee now the banshee has many many names we're not going to go into because i think we all know that she's a lady of death um but she's also been known actually as the spirit of air she's had many many names she's irish folklore and the banshee was originally a singular entity an ancestral spirit wailing to announce an upcoming death for one of the five major families, the Kavanaghs, the O'Briens, the O'Connors, the O'Grady's and the O'Neills. In modern times, it is still believed the mournful cry of a banshee can still be heard. It's considered to be a death omen. Those who hear it will know someone who will die the following night. When a chorus of banshees gather and wail together, it's said someone holy or great is going to die. Seldom seen, the banshee appeared naked, when washing shrouds at the riverbank, her long, pendulous breasts getting in the way. When not at the river, it was hunting in the hills near lakes and running water for young men, wearing a grey cloak and a green gown, its long white hair worn loose, let to blow in the wind, if it could, 
a banshee led its victim to a secluded place and drained him of blood. If you caught a glimpse of a banshee and it was washing shrouds, it was advised not to run from it. Rather wait quietly until it slings its breast over its shoulder and carefully sneak up behind it. Then place one of its nipples in your mouth and pretend you are nursing from it. As soon as you are caught, declare the banshee it is your foster mother. Should it accept you as its foster child, it will answer any question you have. A far less intimate way of gaining information from a banshee is to capture it and threaten it with a sword at point. Should you happen to come upon a banshee while washing a shirt at the river, and it sees you before you act, it may speak, saying it is washing the shirt of an enemy. Name an enemy of yours aloud, and then do not try to stop it from finishing its tasks, or else the person you named will most certainly die. If you do not name an enemy for it, the banshee will attack and drain you of your blood. Well, Bar. Bar is a beautiful water spirit from Scandinavian law. Bar became the wife of Agir, the Dane who went to become the king of the sea because of a love for him. Bar was said to actively seek humans to pull beneath the water's surface to drown, which she buried them on the bottom of the ocean's floor. The Barbigezi. The Barbigezi were a small, gnome-like race of fairies living in the Alps, between France and Switzerland. Their name was likely a corruption of the French word Barbeglesi, translated to mean frozen beards. They had overly large feet, allowing them to ski over snow easily. They also had the ability to completely cover themselves up with snow and disappear within moments. They were described as having long and thick frozen hair, resembling icicles. The Barbagazi communicated to one another over long distances by use of an eerie hooting, oftentimes mistaken as a wind whistling through the mountain peaks. Barda Barda meaning white ones were nature spirits in the folklore of the Albania. They were described as formless white beings living in the ground. Housewives would leave sugar and sweet cakes on the ground for them to ensure their kindness. Was interesting, isn't it? Bari, meaning feisty, was one of the many dwarves who was named in the Voluspa, but Bari was also be one of the sons of Ivaldi as well, it is said. Bariaus or Bariaua. From the folklore of Tube Tube, the Wagga Wagga people of Malaysia comes a Bariau. A race of benign and shy nature spirits, keeping far from humans, they lived deep in the forest in the trunks of ancient trees. It was said they were incapable of making any sort of water-going vessel, and on occasion they would borrow a person's canoe. The Baril abhor the very thought of being seen by human eyes, and if they were ever spotted, they disappeared instantly, as if they were never, uh, never there. So the Bassa Andre, also known as Bassandre, um, this is the fairy lord Basque, Bassa Andre, wild woman, the best known as being the wife of Bassa Joan, a sorceress. She was not necessarily evil, but her actions and motivations were always supportive of her husband and their continued comfort and existence. When a story took place in a remote mountain area, Bassa Andre was typically described as a beautiful woman sitting upon a rock just inside of a cave, combing out a long hair with a golden comb, much like a mermaid.
although in none of the stories is she or her husband portrayed as a danger to the church or Christianity. The couple both hate the sound of church bells and will flee from their peeling. And then we go to the Bassadone. In northern Italy, there was a species of Folletti, known as the Bassadone, woman kisser. They glided and drifted in the wind, and they stole kisses from women as they drifted by. The Basilisk, also known as the Regulus. A Basilisk was a highly poisonous fairy animal from Greek mythology. It was so lethal, it could kill not just by looking at its prey, but also by breathing on or touching them. Described as having the body of a large golden-coloured snake with two arms protruding from the top of its head, the species of injurious fairy hates mankind. Although the basilisk originated in Greek mythology, it did not figure much into it. Pliny the Elder, a Roman author, army and naval commander, natural philosopher and naturalist wrote of the basilisk in his book, and that was Naturalis Historia, and he described it was a small creature native to the province of Cyrenaica. It walked upright um, on a set of real legs and had a white diamond-shaped mark on its head and was only about 12 inches long. So, even though it is in Greek, it didn't come out until later on. Batiae, a nymph from the mythology of ancient Greece and Rome and one of the naiads that was born to King Obolus of Sparta. Um, and then the Bouchan, also the Bokkenbogen and the Bokorn. The Bouchan was a type of extremely hairy obgoblin from the folklore of England. It had been known to be both benevolent and injurious. These fairies could become attached to a person or a family, stay with them for great periods of time, sometimes giving assistance when there was need and other times being overly mischievous for no apparent cause. Baumber one of the many dwarves named in the Bluspach poems. Baumison, ass of the trees, was a type of goblin from the folklore of Germany, and he lived in the trees of the forest. <laughs> Obviously. Bavor, um, sometimes two R's, sometimes one R, the grumbler, and he's another one of the dwarves named in the famous Bluspach. Bayard, this was the enchanted fairy horse. To the French hero, Maugis Renadou, was quested and won him. The horse was said to understand the human language and possess supernatural intelligence, loyalty, power and speed. Bayard, a beautiful white charger, was able to bear the weight of three riders and still perform perfectly in combat as a war horse. So he's a very famous, famous fairy horse. Basiloshtish, a banshee from the wind folklore of eastern Germany, means God's plaint, was described as looking like a tiny long-haired woman. The fairy only appeared beneath the window of someone who was about to die, and she sat there and wept. We've all we've done the Beyond and the Beyoncé because we did that in the other episodes, so we're not going to do them, guys, because they've already been done. The Beckfaller. Irish mythology, small fortune it means, was the fairy queen of Tara, the wife of King Diomede, and the mortal lover of Flan or Fadak, a fairy king. 
The queen was desirous of her foster son, Crimthan, but this would be trist cost the king his throne, making the people question who was the rightful ruler. When attempting to assassinate Crimthan, the lovely Bukfola met Flan and spent an evening with him on his enchanted island. Louis only enjoying a blissful affair, as time passes differently in Fairyland than it does anywhere else, she was able to enjoy herself. When she returned, no one suspected the affair was with her new lover, let alone for how long it had been going on. However, soon after her return, Flan or Fedic returned to Tara, and whisking her away, they went off forever to Fairyland. Bekuma Possibly one of the Tuatha de Dianon, Bekuma cheated on her husband, one of the sons of Mananan, god of the sea. When the liaison was discovered, Mananan declared she'd be burned at the stake or set adrift in the sea, choosing the latter. Bakuma was cast out in a small boat, never again to return to a magical realm, and forever denied access to the spirits. When the recently widowed king of Ireland, Con, first laid eyes upon Bakuma, he fell deeply in love. The pair quickly wed, but soon after Ireland began to fail, the fertility of the land dwindled. This was seen by everyone, save the king as the goddess sovereignty, not supporting the union. One day, when Bakuma defeated Art Konsun in a game of chess, she sent him to retrieve a spirit for her by the name of Dulukeem. After a great adventure, Art was able to do so, and in the process fell in love with the powerful spirit and sorceress. When the pair returned home, Dulukeem was able to force Bakuma to leave court. In some versions of the story, she returned to a small ship and drifted off to parts unknown, while in others she landed in England, and there created and fostered the hatred between England and Ireland. The Beddia Dari means good people. It's a euphemism referring to little people of the fairies in Malay, people of West Malaysia. The Bafana, La Bafana Lestrega, Levitia, meaning the witch. Even Saint Befana, meaning the saint. A good house fairy from the folklore of Italy. Befana was usually described as looking like an old hag. However, on the twelfth night, the feast of Epiphany, January the 6th, she took on the appearance of a kindly old grandmother. Her name was mispronunciation of the word Epiphania. Epiphany. <laughs> Befind or Befind. The Befind was a species of fairy from Celtic law. In Irish law, Befind was a singular entity, one of the Sihi, and one of the three guardian fae who attend the birth of each child in order to give it a gift of an ability or character, as well as to make predictions of its life. It was likely she was once an Irish goddess of birth. Befind was likely the progenitor of the fairy godmother. So that's what she basically... Um, that's where the fairy godmother comes for. It's the liking of that type of fae, basically. Behir, variations are Bethia, meaning bear. In the highlands of Scotland, the Behir was said to be one of the group of fearsome spirits associated with lightnings and snakes, lived in caves and quarries and kept away from humans as much as possible. They were rarely seen, but when sighted, it was during the summer nights when lightning strikes. The word Bahir was used to mean both lightning and serpent. The Bahir were also one of the Fuath, 
a collective name for malicious and monstrous water fae in Scottish folklore. Belphoebe, a fairy known great talent of healing, and was seen as the epitome of beauty, of womanhood, chastity and purity. She and her twin sister, Amaret, were born the daughters of the nymph, Chrysogony. Their father was the warm sunlight that fell on the sleeping Chrysogony after she bathed one afternoon. Born in the woods, the infants were found by the goddesses Diana and Venus as they were searching the woods for the lost god Cupid. And Belphoebe was taken and raised by Diana. Ben Binnack. So they were goblins who lived in Scotland. Likely all sprites, Ben Binnack were nearly immortal, except for a vulnerable mole on his chest. It was said he beats his wife so badly her wailing and screams kept the neighbours awake all night. James Gray, a Highlander, heard the sad cries one night and put an end to the Ben Binnack forever by shooting him with an arrow right in the centre of his mole. She was so thankful for being rescued, she attached herself to local families. Unfortunately, Goblin Green knows no bounds, and one day an enraged household doused her with boiling water, causing her to flee, screaming and to never return. Well, well, that's that's really sad for the fairy, I think, right? Bendith Imamu, also known as one of the Tilateg. Usually a member of the Unsealy Court. It's also a species of brownies, so it just depends. Glamorganshire County's Wales. Mother who lived in this country had to be especially careful with their infants because the Bendithi Mamu were known to steal children and replace them with their own. So these were the fairies that could be responsible for the changelings. Bear Baroka. Living in the swamps of the Philippines. Now, to me, it's pronounced Beboroka, but I think if you're looking at it uh, in the Philippines, maybe it would be pronounced Barbaroka. I'm not sure. But anyway, they're a species of cannibalistic water fairy and they are renowned in their predation um, on the Apayo people who live in that river area, the fairies would move to a small pond or section of swamp and drink up so much water fish could easily be seen swimming near the surface. Fishermen are then lured to the area by the prospect of fast and plentiful catch. Then, these fairies release the water, drowning or knocking out their prey. Once a trap is sprung, they drag their food down to the watery depths where it's consumed. Hmm. The birchta. So, it's in a lot of different folklores, the birch tar, and it was once worshipped as the earth goddess by both northern and southern Germany. But she was said to be a prophet regardless, but depending on the role, she played a, a sort of role in the luring determinations of fate and such. But then again, she also had the, she could be described as a hag, but some would describe her as a beautiful woman. Her appearance changed, and with the rise of Christianity, that's when her appearance became more darker, and all her sort of, everything around her became a lot darker as well, and I mean really dark after that. The Bereghini, or the Boginki, little goddesses, 
Benevolent water spirits in Russian folklore associated with rivers and streams. Little is really known about them and beyond their name, but they lived in the banks on the river. Um, sacrificial offerings were believed to be thrown into the river to appease them. The Berezhenia. The Berezhenias were very obscure and little known and understood fairy. First mentioned in the 15th century in Novgorod, the manuscript. The Lay of St. Gregory, the Theologian of the Idols. The source heavily edited and retranslated since the 12th century makes a claim. Vampires and Berezhenias were the first creatures worshipped by ancient Slavs. A form of dualistic animism practiced in their most ancient times. Although the text does not offer any details on them, it has speculated since their name is Slavic word for a riverbank, so they could be some sort of benevolent mermaid. Berg people. Said to resemble dwarfs, the Berg people of Dutch, Loa was a species of fairy, benign, troll, often appearing to humans as a toad. Interesting. The Begeist. Swiss law. The Begeist was a type of fairy who lived in mines, particularly iron mines. The Begeist were described as looking like elderly white men sporting a long white beard, wearing a red coat and a wide-brimmed hat. Originally, offerings were made to local Begeists as a means of seeking permission before digging. However, after the introduction of Christianity, these fairies were blamed for mining disasters and then were said to be in league with the devil. Berkias, the son of Arkven, the Div Berkias of Persian law, was described as being as large as mountains, with a body covered in bristling needle-like hair, his black-faced hosted eyes as red as blood, and two large ball-like tusks protruded from his mouth. Pigeons nested in his beard. Hmm. He had command of his father's army. Berling. In Norse mythology, Berling, Handspike, was one of the Brisingarmen dwarfs who created the prize necklace for the beautiful goddess Freya. Beru, a sea nymph, one of the Nereids, was born of the goddess Aphrodite and Adonis, according to ancient Greek legend. Bertha. A fairy from German folklore, Bertha appeared in the castles of nobility, quietly slipped into nurseries and gently rocked infants to sleep. However, she was a nightmare and terrorised naughty children. She was described as being dressed in snowy white clothes with a massive set of keys hanging from her belt and down her side. It was like that she was once a nature goddess, Bertha, who, in the advent of Christianity, was reduced in power and status to fairy. Several noble German families claim to be her ancestral descendants. Hmm. The Bethen of the Beden. There's a triad of female fertility spirits. The Bethen of German law were associated with birth, fertility and good fortune. After the introduction of Christianity, they were absorbed into just local traditions. The Bethikahan, a nature spirit all formed from the folklore of southern India. It was said to hunt animals at the Nilgiri Hills, Bia, or Baya, a river spirit from the folklore of the Arkham people of Ghana. Bianca. Bianca is one of the fates. Um, there's many of the fates. Uh, usually they say there's three, but if you look through time, there's a lot of fairy fates, and they're like, they have sort of the um, running on past, present and sort of future, if you get what I mean. Bikala, 
of Bikaia Pendevil, a domestic fairy from the lore of the Mari people, Russia, a guardian of livestock. He shared this responsibility with fellow fair Bika Oza Penmaster. Bika Ia had his favourite animal and at night, just like the pixies of England, would take it out for a ride, returning it back to its stall or pen, covered in sweat. <laughs> okay. Biddy Early we've already done. If you remember Biddy Early, she was um, a witch, but was also said to be some sort of fairy as well, and she worked with the fairies or whatever, but yeah. We've done that. Biasol, a goblin or kobold from the Saxony region of Germany. Biasol was a household fae who made his home in the cellar of inns. In exchange for his own style of beer, he would gladly clean all the bottles, jokes and anything else that you needed. <laughs> Biold. Biold is or build. Um, now it depends how you pronounce it. I will pronounce it Bile, but he was one of the many dwarfs named in the Voluspa. Billinger, twin. Another one of the dwarfs named in the famous Voluspa. And that is going to um, end our part, well, this part, on the bees, because there's still many more to go anyway. So... I hope you enjoy listening to these. I do. I love listening and learning about all the different fate of the world. It's very interesting. Thank you so much for listening. Please hit that like, share if you can, and also consider subscribing. And please, if it's not too much trouble, kindly leave a comment below. Many blessings.